We are within the 12 days of Christmas. Don't say the six-year seniors have never given you anything. No, we give you something every week. Guaranteed winners. We're going to give you more of that. Full games through December 24th on the gambling edition of Sixth Year Seniors. And now, from a smoky sports bar off the Las Vegas Strip, after the final tickets have been cashed out for the evening, counting their money, or what's left of it, it's Alan Capps and Mike Watson, the Sixth Year Seniors! Mikey, how you doing? I'm alright. We've got some IT figured out. This We've been working on some IT issues for, for a few weeks now. Got that squared away. Uh, yeah, the we're problem, in the 20th century now. Yeah, the problem I have <laughs> is that there's supposed to be snow and ice tomorrow at Six Year Seniors North, and I'm not used to this shit. It's cold. Like, I've got clothes that are warm enough, but even that, they're not warm enough for me, really. So all the guys up here are giving, giving the Texan shit for, for freaking out about the... Uh, <laughs> About the lows and the or, or the the highs in the low thirties tomorrow when it's so freaking nasty. So anyway, the oh, plants okay. right around the corner. It's we ain't far away. We're gonna be fine, but I'm not happy about it. I was gonna say I, I was going to complain about the lows, the lows being near freezing here in six years seniors west, but uh I, I guess I can't complain when my lows are your highs. Yeah, it's it, it's bad. It's it's the windshield's supposed to be like ten degrees in the morning. It's brutal. It's awful. Yeah, uh, we had to put sheets over our citrus fruit. Oh no! You know, it's getting watch, bad. You gotta watch out for the freeze. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. All right, let's talk about a couple of coaching items in the news. One, now yes, it's official. All you people who've been trying to declare Mike Leach dead for the last couple of days. Mike Leach has passed away at the age of 61. He was a character, and that's probably the best way to put, to to define his life in college football. Mike Leach was a character. You know, he was a character, and I've seen over the last 12 hours, the stories coming in about his relationships with his coaching tree and how he and Hal Mummy sort of revolutionized modern college football offense. Oh, yeah. You know, 25 years ago with the Air Raid. And how... Yeah, well, for, the, for those who don't know, uh, Mike Leach was Hal Mummy's offensive coordinator. Yeah. He completely changed high school football in Texas. Like, everybody runs the, everybody runs the spread now because of Mike Leach. That, it, it, that was, it was a direct evolution of his work, and then he came out to Texas Tech. Uh, and I, saw, I personally witnessed it. As my kids got older, we, we, we'd go to the football games. Twelve years ago, high school football, people were, you know, offenses were still lining up under under center. You know, we were starting to get to a you know, more advanced passing game, but it was still a lot of running the ball. You'd still see the option. Over over the file, ensuing 10 years, by the, everybody was in the shotgun and throwing receivers out everywhere. And we're, we're dinking and dunking all over the place. We're going to throw the ball short, make you, make you buy it, and then try to beat you deep. I mean, and that, that was the game. And it's just a testament to his style and how successful he was with it at, you know, at high-level college football. and At numerous locations. Exactly. And being able to 
change the football culture nationally by doing that to the point where high schools had to adapt in order to maximize their talent and then make, you know, make their kids, you know, marketable to your big time college football programs now, because everybody throws football now and and you can directly tie it back to Mike Leach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes the the NFL had to adapt because of what Mike Leach was doing in college. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. It never goes that way. Yeah. The app, an absolute, you know, trendsetter. You know, you can name the words. I'm drawing a blank on the word I'm actually looking for. But innovator. Yeah, innovator. Absolutely, a huge, huge loss to the game because because not not just from the 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 strategic and tactical standpoint but like you said he was such a character yeah the the story that i love it had really nothing to do with the spread offense but i believe it was 1999 he was the offensive coordinator for oklahoma yep during the red river shootout he intentionally drops a fake offensive game plan on the field and somebody from texas picks it up and thinks, oh my God, we've got Oklahoma's offensive, you know, offensive game plan here. And it was a fake. It was an absolute fake. And Oklahoma knew what they were doing and was able to jump out to a 17-0 lead before Texas finally figured out that what they had was not real. Was bogus. It, tremendous I, that, that's story. That's just a great story. Tremendous story. I, I thought also about equating it to, of course, our other love, pro wrestling. My first thought was, Mike Leach was Jimmy Valiant. And and then I went, no, 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 that doesn't give him enough credit. Because while Jimmy was definitely a character, Mike Leach, like we've been saying, is an innovator. Mike Leach is Great Muda. Hmm. I I could see that. Because when Great Muda came in, he was doing stuff that nobody else was doing. So ahead of time. And now you look at what pro wrestling is, and everybody's doing Great Muda moves. Yeah, and and you know, it didn't have the you know you you can't take it to like promo level, but he had a charisma about him that was oh, it yeah. was so different than everybody else. And yeah, I could see where you're going on that. And you talk about in, innovating offense, absolutely. That like, back there, spring elbow into the corner. Oh, the, oh that yeah, corkscrew elbow. Yep, the moonsault yeah, st- stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then going back to Mike Lee, if you want to point to one thing that he did that made him such an innovator. He made Connor Halliday NFL caliber. Yeah. Connor Halliday for crying out loud. I was, I was reading a story this morning about how he structured his practices. And, 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 and I think the quote, I think the quote he used, it was something along the lines of execution till until boredom. It was, we're just we're, the the muscle memory and the reads. We're going, you know, we're going to just, you know, beat it into your head. We're going to take all the snaps. And, and at one point, he had he had five different quarterbacks throwing throw, throwing the same. Right, it was it was a it was a drill they did. It was just five quarterbacks throwing five short post routes, and it was just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of passes just in sequence just knowing that this this is where the guy's going to be and it was just execution till boredom you get so bored with the repetition that it just becomes second nature and you wind up starting doing it and, and that was and that was how he it was able to start getting the traction on his air raid they didn't even have five quarterbacks on the roster at the time 
So they were pulling running backs and who just just so everybody knew this is what we're going to do. We're, and we're going to do it. We're going to throw the ball 50 times and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're going to have to you're going to have to out execute us. And eventually in early on the era, it was so different. It was it was successful really, really fast. And of course, defense has evolved, and it becomes the chess game. Where okay, then you know what, what what wrinkles can you put in to adjust for the overcompensation here, and then it becomes the back and forth. And he was and he was just the best at it. It was just so great. My, oh yeah, the, the stuff he was doing at Mississippi State these past couple of years. Yeah, with by God, some of the worst quarterbacks he's probably ever had. Yep. And all he's doing is dinking and dunking down the field. I mean, we laughed at. You know, a yeah. Mississippi State quarterback could have 45 completions and not throw for 300 yards. Yeah, but it was one of those, you know, to take what the defense gives you. I, I, my favorite my favorite Mike Leach memory is the one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Halloween night, 2008, Texas. Number one, Texas goes out to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. They're seventh in the nation. Graham Harrell finds Michael Crabtree along the sideline. Crabtree gets the feet inbounds, stays inbounds, beats two defenders for the game-winning touchdowns. Oh, yes. Crowd yes. storms the field. There's still a second left. They start pulling the goalposts down with the one second left. They wind up They wind up getting 30 yards in, in celebration penalties. They wind up kicking off basically from their own end zone with one second left. They got the tackle, of course. They won the game, but probably the signature win in Mike Leach's career and really, really special. It was my first weekend ever in Texas. So I was watching at a Texas bar when it happened. It was awesome. It was tremendous. Oh, that must have been a fantastic. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I specifically remember the sound the bar made when Crabtree scored. It was it completely sucked the life out of the room. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, just awesome, awesome night. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to miss you, Mike Leach. Yeah, like I said, an innovator. That's the best way to describe him. And he's got plenty of disciples out there carrying on his tradition. Oh, no kidding. And up in the pros too, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury, absolutely. And and by the way, hey, Kyler Murray, you're rethinking that Oakland A's contract now. Mmm. Mmm. Low blow. But you call it though. Don't see many torn ACLs in center field. Of course, that was after he signed the contract that was worth more than the entire Oakland A's team last year. <laughs> so, uh, you know. How's that work? Six to one, half dozen to the other there. Yep. One other coaching note. I don't know if we actually talked about David Shaw resigning from Stanford. I don't think Stan- we did, no. One of the things that David Shaw said in a very cryptic press conference was that he was moving aside for the new generation. And I don't know if this is just reading into things or not, but Stanford has hired Sacramento State's Troy Taylor, who has a very unique look at offensive football. Sac State, they lost over the weekend, right? Yeah, uh, 66-63 to incarnate in the crazy sh- In the our crazy shootout. Word. Yeah, the boy, that's right. The boy, our, our boys at Word with the... I don't remember. There were there was about a gazillion points scored in the fourth quarter in that game. I, yeah, I, I think know. it was like forty-seven points. I think. something like that. Might have even been. It was more. something like that. <laughs> I, I think one team had twenty-nine. I think one team had twenty-nine. I don't remember that, what what the other one did, but yeah, it was absolutely bonkers. Interesting hire. What you, what you feel on it beyond the beyond the crypticness of it? I think it's going to be a good hire for Stanford. 
because it's definitely going to bring the Stanford offense into the 21st century. Troy Taylor has this this maniacal little setup where he runs two quarterbacks on the field. They're both in the shotgun, both off center. And, and so you literally do not know which player is going to get the snap. And both of them can throw the football. When it runs well, it runs amazingly well. And, and there's nothing you can do to stop it because you, you, you don't even know which players got the ball. You know, you, you, how, can't, you can't focus on one quarterback. It's amazing how, stuff. How versatile are both quarterbacks? Can, are, are they threats to run, like, say, out of an option? Can in the last block? two years, In the last two years, he's had two option quarterbacks who can both throw and run very well. Okay. Yeah, and then, and then they put a you know the running back in there as well, just to you know just to mess with you. Yeah, you yeah uh, you could almost you could almost run the old you, you can run a shotgun T basically, and that, ha- that's have what a tailback he does offset yeah. the ones. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he he has the two quarterbacks and then the uh, the halfback or tailback behind both of them. Oh, good lord! You you could do it like that. You could you could run a a split pistol, a double barreled pistol, with the, yeah. with the tailback behind. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, so that's be absolutely different. It's going to take a couple of years, obviously, to accumulate that talent and get them used to that kind of offense. I, I can't imagine Troy Taylor's going to do anything else. I mean, wh- why do you go to Stanford and then change the way you do things? And to change it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so were, in a you know, couple of years, Stanford could be a wreck this coming year, maybe even 2024. Sure. But... Trust the Boy, process. That, you know, third year, third year in the process, Stanford might really be something. The question will be, what's the Pac-12 look like at that point? It's quite, that's quite the, you know, quite the segue. We were just talking about Mike Leach being an offensive innovator, and then you're talking about Troy Taylor running that kind of stuff at a Power 5 program. So, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. I will be rooting for him. It looks like I'll have a new favorite college team in Stanford. Okay. I hope Troy Taylor does well. Hey, and the funny thing is, is Troy Taylor – is a cow bear. That's right. So the, yeah, the irony there. Turn to the dark side. All right, let's get to our bowl picks. Uh, we are doing bowl games from Friday, December 16th until, uh, what would that be? Saturday, December 24th. How many plays do you have, Mikey? I've got six. Okay, so I don't have that big of a load. Then I have nine plays. Okay. So should I start out here as we have been doing, or should we switch it up for the bowls? No, let's, no, let, let's stick with what's going, and, and then as you hit games that, that I've got, I'm going to jump on with you. All right. I have, a, I have a feeling we're on the opposite side of one game, but we're going to see what happens. Oh, really? This yeah. would be interesting. I, I don't have a really good feel as to what we may be on or off. Uh, I don't either, but I got a feeling on this games. one. Yeah. So I'm starting out in the Bahamas Bowl on Friday. Because, you know, I'm a degenerate, and i got to bet the first bowl game of the season. <laughs> of course you do. The total on this is 45. Bowl games are entirely different than the regular season. In the regular season, totals tend to t- trend under. Bowl games, no, no. Everybody breaks out their best stuff, play, throwing goofy plays at each other, and you end up with long scoring plays that really elevates the totals. This total is only 45. It's Miami of Ohio and UAB. UAB has a dynamic enough offense that I think they're going to give us at least 30. Miami of Ohio should be able to hang on. I'm going over 45 in the first bowl game of the season. 
Got no feeling on that one whatsoever. Vegas knows you know that Vegas knows that you know on the spreads. I, I stayed away from the spreads or the, uh, the totals. Then I moved to Saturday. I have a ton of games on Saturday. I, I've got five of them. I, most of my plays are Saturday, December 17th, so have a ball with this. All right. Starting out in the Fenway Bowl, Cincinnati, Louisville. The total here is 39.5. It's because there's bad weather predicted, but the current forecast says that they may catch a break in the afternoon. This total has dived all the way down to 39.5. I say with two interim coaches, play over this total and expect a barn burner with a ton of flea flickers and just outlaw plays. No love lost in the Scott Satterfield Bowl. Scott Satterfield going to be suspended over Fenway Park in a, in a, in a, in a shark cage. Exactly. Like Jim Cornette. <laughs> this is going to be great. Who, who's he going to drop the tennis racket to? That's going to be the question. So. He, he, by the way, has taken himself out of this game. I figured that would be the case. Yeah. Well, I do like the idea of hanging him in a shark tank, though. It should. That's Actually, what, that's you what know, what needs to be making him the color guy in that game. Oh, that could work, too. Yeah, it's at Fenway Park. They could put the shark cage on top of the green monster. You know, the gimmick's right there. So. There you go. There you go. I like that. Or, or maybe right at midfield because uh, both the teams are going to be on the same sideline because of the small dimensions of Fenway Park. <laughs> Jesus. So, so you have one team on one side, one team on the other, and Scott Satterfield in the cage in midfield. On the 50, on the 50 yards. <laughs> <laughs> Easier to pass the tennis racket that way. Exactly, yeah. Next game I'm going to is the Las Vegas Bowl. It's Oregon State and Florida. Florida, of course, has a ton of opt-outs, including Anthony Richardson. But I think this might be addition by subtraction. The line has gotten out of hand. It's now Oregon State minus 10. I don't think the Beavers can cover that. Florida is going to be competitive. They should be able to stay within double digits. I'm taking the Gators plus 10. This have just bet it out of whack at this point. I thought this was going to be the game we were on opposite sides. I got the Gators to book it for the same oh, really? reason. Addition by subtraction. The line's too big. The, there's no way Oregon State's covering double digits against Florida. The line's too big. I know Florida's got opt-outs. they still got a shit ton of talents. Next guy up. Uh, it's, it's still a bit of a mess down there. We know this. But, again, I think there's addition by subtraction. I think there's guys suiting up for Florida in Vegas who are playing for – depth chart reasons next season they this is their opportunity to show what they're made of in a game that matters i like florida here a lot yeah the line opened at seven and a half so i mean it jumped all the way at 10 it's just it's too much it's too much it's absolutely too much florida is supposedly losing exactly next game on my list i'm going to the lending tree bowl rice and southern mississippi southern mississippi a four and a half point favorite i just have a feeling this is a cheap line at this point Rice has had quarterback problems for the last month. Reports say that they still have quarterback problems in practice right now. Uh, Rice was a feel-good story. Glad they got in, even at 5-7. and seven. But they just don't have the athletes healthy to be able to compete with Southern Mississippi. Southern Miss, minus 4.5 in the lending tree. I didn't look that hard at that, but I'm totally on your logic there. You're on the right side. New Mexico Bowl is SMU and BYU. Line is SMU minus three and a half, but Rashidi Rice and SMU's third best receiver have both opted out of this game. There's a lot of 
players who have not had a lot of field time for SMU who are getting them playing in this game. BYU has had a lot of injuries. They should be at their healthiest for this bowl game. I think this might be a case of wrong team favored, especially with SMU having issues on the depth chart. BYU plus three and a half. Mm. I looked at that game for a while. I was leaning SMU on it, but like you said, SMU's got some issues. BYU's probably got some guys coming back. Yeah, that stayed away. And finally, I'm going to the Frisco Bowl. The late night get back game on Saturday, Boise and North Texas. It's a uh, 6.15 p.m. Vegas time start. Not truly late night get back, but what the heck, we'll take it. Ladies, we can get. Yes, ladies, we're going to get. The total there is 59 and a half, and I think this is going to be bowl rule number one. Points will be made. Boise, North Texas, over 59 and a half. My only concern is Boise's past defense is supposed to be good, but if you look at their schedule, they've never really played a solid quarterback. North Texas should give that to them. I'm hoping that this turns into a shootout. I stayed off that game. I, th- I thought, if anything, I was leaning North Texas more than anything else. I don't know if I trust Boise to to come down, which is in, was basically a home game for North Texas, and be able to cover a double digit spread. So I stayed off it. Boise's the better team. I think they're going to win, but I I think it's an entertaining game. Yeah, I'm hoping that Austin Nui can pull out one of those 300, 400 yard passing games. Yeah. Every so often, he's a lot like Holton Ayers where every so often he shows these sparks of brilliance. I hope this is one of them. We shall see. Moving to Monday, December 19th. It's a matinee show at the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Marshall and Yukon. The line is Marshall minus 10 and a half. I'm once again going with the dog. I think Yukon is very, very excited to be in a bowl game. They have a good running game. Run games travel. UConn plus 10 and a half here. Just too big of a number. I should have known you were on this one. I got the Huskies too. They don't get this opportunity that often. 10 points is way too much here. I know Marshall was very competitive in a, in a very good Sunbelt uh, league this year, but this is a little bit of an underwhelming opponent for them. UConn's going to be fired up. I think UConn is playing to win this game. Marshall's playing just to be there. I like UConn and the points big time. Book it. Two mortgage plays. That's more than I expected. I really didn't think we'd be on much of the same. So I moved through now, past all the games on December 20th, to the lone game on December 21, the New Orleans Bowl. South Alabama, a four and a half point favorite over Western Kentucky. Here, the big news is that Austin Reed has hit the transfer portal for Western Kentucky. His backups have a combined collegiate career 17 pass attempts. South Alabama, minus four and a half. Jesus. Easy money. Yeah, that's bonkers there. And then finally, I go down to the Hawaii Bowl on December 24th. San Diego State, a six and a half point favor over Middle Tennessee. Get this line now. It'll probably be more a touchdown or more by the time it closes. San Diego State has said that this is the game they wanted to play in all year long. Not granted, I'm sure if they'd won the Mountain West title, they wouldn't be saying that. Exactly. San Diego State wants to go to Hawaii. They're in Hawaii. They're leaving six days early to enjoy a little turf and surf before the game, then mentally turn around and be ready for the game. 
I think that'll be enough. San Diego State, minus six and a half. Get it now before it turns into seven or more. Yeah, I got no no feel on that one. So, but I, 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 you put a gun in my head, I'm taking the Aztecs there, but no feel on that one. All right, so that is my set. We have two mortgage plays. Florida, plus 10 against Oregon State, and UConn, plus 10 and a half against Marshall. That sounds good to me. Sounds good to me, too. I got six plays overall. We already talked about two. I'm starting on the 16th. The alma mater in the Cure Bowl, Troy laying two against UTSA. This comes down very simple to this. Troy is the Sun Belt Conference champion. San Antonio is the Conference USA champion. Troy plays and is the champion of a better conference than UTSA. And I'm only laying two points here. I'm going to I'm going to lay the points. Troy wins this by more than a field goal in a very good football game. But Troy wins this. I'm, t- I'm laying the points. Frankly, everybody is with you because this line opened at San Antonio minus two and a half, and it's flipped all the way to Troy oh, minus two. Good Lord. It's a lot of money coming in on the Trojans. Good Lord. The only thing I'd worry about is the news that Frank Harris is coming back and just the excitement that might bring San Antonio. Yeah, we'll see how we'll, we'll, we'll see what he's got to get for the bowl game. How much are we really going to put into a bowl game? I don't know. So Los Angeles bowl, Washington state, Fresno state, the bulldogs three and a half point favorite. I like Jake Hayner and the bulldogs here. They finished the season strong, went up to Boise convincingly won the mountain West championship game. They're playing as good right now as they have all season long opportunity for them to get a win over a name school, a power five opponent. I like Fresno. I, I like them a lot here. The hook doesn't scare me off Fresno minus three and a half. I like Fresno here too, but the hook scared me off. This is another one that is floated right over to, to the dog from the favorite. Washington State opened minus two and a half. So not only is it flipped teams, but Fresno's gone over the field goal now. Good Lord. Tuesday, December 20th, we're going down to Boca Raton. Liberty taking on Toledo. Toledo laying five points against the Liberty team. That's an absolute dumpster fire. They've lost their head coach. They gave up on the season. I don't know what they're down here for. I think Toledo's, I think Toledo's excited to play. They're going to they're gonna be fired up. Simple as that. Liberty's a, a dumpster fire. Toledo minus five. They win the game by double digits. I looked at this game for a bit, but that line was too high for me, but I like your reasoning. And the last play, Friday, December 23rd, down in Tampa at the Don't Call Me Beefo Brady Bowls, the Gasparilla Bowl. One of the teams we've been dunking on over here the last few weeks. I was kind of surprised you weren't on this game. Missouri. Taking on Wake Forest, the Deeks are a one-point favorite. Missouri's god-awful. I know Hartman's probably not playing in the bowl game, but I don't care. The Wake Forest offense is explosive enough where I think they can get up and down the field. I like the Deeks. I like them a lot here. Lay the point. They're going to win the game by at least a field goal. Come on. Wake Forest minus one. That's good thinking. And I, I, I tried to find a way to bet that game. I was looking at the over, but like you said, I don't trust Missouri enough to be able to lay money on them in any way, shape, or form. Good point. That's it. That's my six. There's a bundle of plays to make some Christmas money before the holiday. Two mortgage plays, Florida plus 10 against Oregon State, and UConn plus 10.5 against Marshall. Mortgage the house. Buy your kid a Maserati. 
and thank the six-year seniors. Boom. Can you actually buy a Maserati with a mortgage payment? I don't think that's going to be enough. I have no idea. We'll have to. <laughs> we, we, we may have to convert the mortgage to some bearer bonds or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Hell, at this point, yeah, just take out what you have in the stock market because that ain't making you any money right now. You ain't lying on that. I have nothing else for the listening audience. We will come back on Monday for the first of two college basketball preview shows. All 32 conferences, all 300 and what are we now? 363 teams. Something like that. Louisville's way down the list. I know that. (laughs) I think they're about 362. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a happening on Monday the 19th and then Monday the 26th as well. As far as the gambling goes, we'll come back on Wednesday, December 21st, with all the bowl games from December 26th through, I believe it's January 2nd. Whatever it is, yeah. New Year's falls on a Sunday, so the NFL screws the schedule up. So, it's what it is. That's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I have no for anybody today. I've got none. That's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll be back Monday talking hoops, nonstop, shit ton of basketball coming your way. Next time on Six Year Seniors.